Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. This is West Virginia Outdoors with Chris Lawrence. Uh, it tracks real super well, but um, not with a 60-pound carp tied to the side. It was a pretty good workout getting the back to the dock. Went in behind a little birch tree and said, I reached down and got the bow positioned and found its horns and dropped down and shot it in the neck. Get ready, get ready. There you go. Nice shot. Nice shot. West Virginia's only outdoor radio show, proudly presented by the Hatfield-McCoy Trails. With over 600 miles of ATV trails located in the rich mountains of southern West Virginia. And now, here's West Virginia's voice of the outdoors, Chris Lawrence. Here we are. Another weekend of hunting and fishing talk on the radio. Glad to have you along wherever you might be. Ryan Nichols, our producer, in the other room this morning. And we are live on the air. From our studios here in Charleston, reaching parts unknown throughout the great mountain state. Glad to have you along with us wherever you might be. Whether you're listening on one of our great Metro News affiliate stations or online at one of those great affiliate stations' websites that is streaming or possibly at our website, wbmetronews.com. Anyway you're listening and wherever you are, we're happy to have you along this morning. Well, how are you dealing with the isolation? <laughs> I know for listeners of this show... It's not necessarily been just sit around the house. I mean, we've still been able to get out and hike and hunt and fish and and do things in the outdoors. You just have to be uh, socially distant, which you usually are when you're hunting and fishing anyway. And we have covered those stories over the last several weeks of uh, different things that are shut down or have been canceled with regard to the outdoors. But uh, so far through this whole thing, there has been no... Uh, elimination of opportunity to hunt or fish. You can still go. So uh, hopefully you've been able to do this. couple of things about that, one of which we're going to talk about on the show today. Have you been finding morel mushrooms? If you haven't, you've apparently not been looking. There, This has been quite a year for morels. In fact, I have a story today at the outdoors page of WVMetroNews.com about so many of you who have found them and have sent me pictures and sent me comments, and I'm not just talking about one certain part of the state. I've got pictures from people from Morgantown all the way to the southern coal fields that are finding morels in abundance and massive in size. In fact, one in particular, the size of a milk jug. 
And that was found in Upshur County by Sean Butler, longtime listener and friend of the show. He sent me a picture of his daughter holding it. It's literally the size of her head. You can see it at the outdoors page of WBMetroNews.com. I also uh, uh, posted it to social media this morning and tweeted out a picture as well as we were uh, uh, previewing what we have on the show. Sean will tell us about the discovery of that morel and the fact that everywhere you look this year, there has been tons of them. And because we're talking about mushrooms, you cannot have a legitimate mushroom discussion on the radio. First of all, what radio show talks to you about morels the size of a milk jug? That's right. This is the only place you're going to find that. You're not going to find that. Now, before you tell me that you've got some podcast, yeah, there's probably a podcast out there somewhere, but nowhere are you just generally driving down the highway, flipping through your stations, and you come across a show where they're talking about mushrooms the size of a milk jug? Okay? I'm I'm actually proud of that, and I'm glad to be a part of that, and glad to be the one who brings it to you. But Sean will tell us about that. But if you're going to have a legitimate conversation in West Virginia about mushrooms, it's not legitimate until you talk to the man who literally wrote the book on mushrooms in West Virginia, and that's our old buddy Bill Rudy. I tracked him down in the high mountains of West Virginia, and I have his number secured, and we are going to uh, reach out to him this morning and talk about mushrooms. And when I say he literally wrote the book, he literally wrote the book. He is the author of the book entitled Mushrooms of West Virginia and the Central Appalachians. There is no greater authority on mushrooms than Bill Rudy. So Bill will have a conversation with us, and we'll pick his brain about why this has been such a fantastic year for morels, and will that translate to other mushrooms in West Virginia, and what other mushrooms can we find? The other thing that I mentioned that I have noticed and I have gotten uh, just anecdotal reports back from you is that the ongoing spring gobbler season is absolutely tough. The gobblers are not, they are not playing nice at all. They are not speaking. They're giving the silent treatment to hunters. Everybody I talk to says, man, I'm just not hearing them gobble. I'm not hearing any goblin. And there's a million theories on that as well. And I think largely uh, the, the theory that seems to be the most common is the same one that everybody's attributing to the great year for mushrooms, and that's the weather. It's just been rainy and overcast and cloudy, and there just haven't been that many bright days. So that's probably not driving hens to the nest which is what you're looking for, because once they get on the nest and are no longer available, then the gobblers are going to be more susceptible to your calls, and that just hasn't happened yet. So uh, I, I I do have a few pictures that some of you have sent me. By the way, our Ram Trucks Trophy photo contest, that the, the contest part of it ended in February. But I still have a lot of you submitting pictures, and that's fine. I've gone ahead and posted them. Uh, just just don't expect that you're going to win anything because there's nothing left to give out. But all the pictures are still there if you want to see them, and there have been some new ones that have been posted as well. And if you send one along, I'm certainly going to post it to uh, to the gallery there. Now, the way we do that is come this fall, uh, right before hunting season opens up, we clear out every picture on there. It's we, we start with a clean slate, and we'll start the contest over again for next year. So that's we leave them up there until you know around August. September 1st, something like that, when the uh, when the next contest begins, and we get a whole new crop of pictures. That's kind of how I turn that over. So if you want to send me pictures of your turkey and want to post it for the world to see, that's cool. I'll uh, just just go through the process at the outdoors page of wbmetronews.com, and I'll post it. No big deal. I'm glad to, glad to see it and glad you send them. 
All right, let's take our first break, and when we come back, uh, we'll uh, we'll hear from Sean Butler, uh, who <laughs> who had a who had the, a less than stellar turkey hunt, but man, what a mushrooming day! Well, that's uh, that's our story next. Coming up after this. Does spring fever have you feeling under the weather? Sick and tired of winter blues? Escape to the birthplace of rivers, Pocahontas County, West Virginia. With eight different headwaters, there are endless fishing spots to set and cast your line. Come fly fish on the Cranberry and Williams, or let your kids cast a line along the Greenbrier. Our rivers range from white cap to lazy flowing waters. So get your waders, reels, and lines. It's time to find your spring fishing retreats here in nature's mountain playground, Pocahontas County, West Virginia. In West Virginia, wildlife is for everyone, and the West Virginia DNR works to keep it that way. Every year, West Virginia's Division of Natural Resources manages thousands of acres of public land and water, ensuring the future of our great natural resources in the mountain state. Our state is a haven for all species of wildlife, game and non-game, and draws thousands each year to enjoy our rich outdoor heritage. When you buy a hunting or fishing license or take a stroll in our forest to view wildlife, you're enjoying what the DNR has made possible. The West Virginia DNR, working to ensure wildlife is for everyone. You're Listening to West Virginia Outdoors, presented by the Hatfield McCoy Trails on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. Good fishermen have a lot in common patience, understanding, and a passion for the sport. Same way with lawyers. If you've suffered an injury of any kind and need help, take advantage of the patience, good common sense, and passionate representation you'll get from Tom and Harvey Payton. The Payton Law Firm. They've been partners and fishing buddies for years. Call 304-755-5556 or send an email to PaytonLawFirm.com. They guarantee a response in a reasonable amount of time. Why choose Alford Home Solutions? Because they've been providing top-quality home solutions since 1963. Whether you need basement finishing, patio structures, bath remodeling, waterproofing, foundation repair, or pest control, Alford Home Solutions can help. If you're buying, selling, or just concerned about the safety and health of your home, call Alford Home Solutions at 1-800-540-2135 to set up a home assessment today. They'll perform a no-obligation, multi-point home health checkup to diagnose problems early while your chances of treatment and cure are much better. Call or visit AlfordHomeSolutions.com to get started today. The longest-running public affairs program from television is also on the radio. Tune in for Meet the Press with Chuck Todd, Sundays at noon on The Voice of Charleston, 580 WCHS. Meet the Press is an hour-long show featuring interviews from politicians and world leaders who make news and policy in Washington and around the globe. Issues and scandals are reviewed and discussed in deep detail, which reveals nuance often missing from headline news. Meet the Press, Sundays at noon on The Voice of Charleston, 580 WCHS. The WCHS Sports Network brings you the best in Major League Baseball. 580 WCHS has been the home of the Cincinnati Reds for over half a century. Plus weekday afternoon Reds games, the best Major League matchups, the All-Star Game playoffs, and the World Series can all be heard on ESPN 106.7 and 1490. Check game times and coverage anytime. Find our broadcast schedule at wchsnetwork.com slash sports. Major League Baseball coverage is part of the WCHS News Network. West Virginia Outdoors with Chris Lawrence, Saturday at 7 a.m. and Sunday at 5 p.m. Presented by the Peyton Law Firm, Harvey and Tom, protecting your rights online at PeytonLawFirm.com. Welcome back to West Virginia Outdoors. That's the other thing, is this weather has absolutely blown out the fishing everywhere. I literally was, because I knew today's weather was going to be nice, I was thinking, you know what? I got a little day here that I can go do some fishing. I haven't had a chance to do that in a while, so I started looking around 
talking to people yesterday, thinking, trying to formulate a game plan for after the show. I just gave up. I mean, everybody that I talk to that I trust and that knows water, they're like, oh, yeah, man, it's blown out. <laughs> Water's way up high. It's up over the ramp. Even even some of the mountain trout streams that I normally would hit, they're 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 high and muddy, and I was thinking, well, you know, and I have to trust what they tell me because I don't want to drive all the way up there and then have it, you know, not be fishable. Of course, the motto of this show has always been: when you've got time to go fishing, that's the best time to go fishing. So I probably should just should have just made a plan and gone somewhere and given it a try. Instead, I think I'm doing honeydews this afternoon. We'll put the fishing off to when the conditions are a little better, and we'll tell you more about that later. Uh, right now, though, mushrooming in West Virginia has been truly amazing. If you want to see one of the biggest morels you'll ever lay eyes on, go to the outdoors page of WVMetroNews.com. Lead story there is a young lady named J.C. Butler. Her dad is Sean Butler, and she's holding a mushroom that's literally the size of her head. I had a chance to talk to him about that. Sean, tell me a little bit about that that morel that you uh, you sent me the picture of. That thing is literally as big as your daughter's head. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a pretty good size morel. I, I don't think I, I've ever seen one that size in this area and probably never will again. But um, uh, we were out turkey hunting here in Upshur County, and and uh, we were coming off the mountain, uh getting ready to switch mountains and we were riding in a utv and chrissy uh jc's mom she said whoa stop there's there's some big uh morels right there by the road and it was a little long trail it wasn't like a traveled road much so we stopped and uh we looked over the edge of the road and uh, uh chrissy was the first one to really spot it and, and ask the kids to stand back we had jc with us and and major uh, our neighbor uh, kid here we're trying to get him a turkey and and got some pictures and and then started uh uh harvesting those morels and there was 38 of them underneath that nine elm tree i had a guy tell me uh, and, and yours isn't alone i've seen some big ones a lot of people have sent me pictures one guy told me when you find one you find 50 well that that's a pretty good uh statement especially on those large yellow morels uh they're usually associated with an apple tree or, like I said, a dying elm tree. And, and when they pop, they, they pop heavy. And, uh, like I said, there was 38 under that tree, and, and none of them were small. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, I guess, why has this been such a good year? Has it been by the fact that we haven't really had a lot of really dry, hot days and we've had a lot of moisture? I, yes, I, you know, I kind of also attribute it to the uh, wet but mild winter we had. Uh, we started finding uh, morels early in the year, but about the second or third week of March. And actually, the first ones we found were at 2,800 feet in Randolph County this year, which just blew me away uh, that they were up that early. Um, normally, we don't find morels around this area until... Uh, about April 15th, around tax day, and then we start hunting them in earnest. But this year we had a month head start. So, and it's just continued to rain, continued to be 
a semi-mild night. I mean, as long as that soil temperature stays in that 48 to 50 degree range, you're going to have morels. Uh, other people have told me that they, they prefer certain species of trees, like sycamore or, like you said, the elm. You mentioned the apple tree. Yeah. Is just, what's, What difference does that make other than those are trees that kind of grow in areas where it's going to be moist? Right. Uh, well, they grow in areas that are going to be moist, and then, you know, over the years people have studied morels and, and their mycelium just, which is the, uh, I, I try to explain to people, it's like a white cottony substance that grows in the soil. And that mycelium just associates itself with certain tree roots. And, um, and different species of morels uh, really associate well with different species of trees. Like our, our black morels, you usually find those around poplar trees and elm. And then we have um, poplar morels, which you find... It's just mixed in with hardwoods, but there's usually poplar and elm around those, too. And then the big white morels uh, we're finding now, I mean, those are mainly an, an apple, uh, uh, elm component, woodlot. Um, and then we find a lot of gray morels and sycamores. Uh, we found a bunch of those yesterday here in Upshur County. So. Does, does it make any difference? I mean, you're talking about that one that is so big. I mean, literally, the thing's almost the size of a football. In, yes, and we'll have a picture of it at wbmacronews.com. But d- does that change their taste? I mean, is it like, you know, when you find a, 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 a an old fish or an old squirrel or something, it changes the taste. <laughs> does that make any difference with the morel? Just a big one tastes just like a whole, a whole bunch of small ones? Uh, the big ones taste like a whole bunch of small ones. Uh, they're, I'm trying to think of something to compare to. Uh, in the mushroom world, uh, there's some people this time of year that uh, cut uh, pheasant back mushrooms off logs. And now those get tough as they get bigger and they get a woody taste. Morels do not. They just have that morel flavor. That big one was so fragile. It was it was more fragile than a than a small morel. So it you know, it wasn't tough at all. Yeah. So we had to be very careful with it. I it looked to me like you could have made a meal out of just that one. <laughs> well, we we have plans for that one. <laughs> Actually, the the cap on it cracker. I, I was really wanting to find somebody that could do a resin cast of it. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. Yeah, but unfortunately, like I said, the cap cracks. So I'm thinking about uh, actually slicing it up and drying it uh, for use this winter in, in soups. Gotcha. So, yeah. Yes, so while I got you on, what's have you, how many turkeys have you guys collected in your party there? Uh, well, I tell you what, this has been a better morale year than it's been a turkey year. That's what I'm uh, hearing. <laughs> we <laughs> we we've uh, actually um, uh, we had a miss the other last week, and that has been the only turkeys I've called in a group of three longbeards. We've been on some gobbling turkeys. We've got them in within. 80 to 70 yards, but this week has been very quiet. All right, my man. Well, tell the, tell JC your daughter congratulations on that big mushroom, and we'll uh, we'll post that picture of her holding it so everybody can get a good look at it because you can literally look at it and it's the size of her head. That's what struck me. I guess it is, and <laughs> um, well, I can tell you real just real quick, Chris. It weighs 0.9 pounds. It was a little over 11 inches uh, long and 15 inches in circumference. It, it was 
it's football size. I'm pretty much. I'm pretty sure that's the first time anybody sent me a picture of Morrell and then had its Boone and Crockett score with it. So, <laughs> yes, sir, that's a Boone and Crockett one, and we're claiming the West Virginia State record until somebody displaces. I'll tell you what. Now I've got some people that have sent me some that'll rival it. I'm not sure they're bigger, but I'm not sure anybody went so far as to weigh one. But I've seen some big ones. Everybody's sending me pictures of them. Oh, that's awesome. All right, man. Hey, I appreciate it. You guys have a good hunt. Okay, thank you, Chris. Sean Butler there from Buchanan uh, talking about that big uh, morel that uh, he and his family found while they were hunting. You can see a picture of it and several other pictures that have been sent to me at the outdoors page of WVMetroNews.com. Now, like I said, you can't have a conversation about uh, mushrooms, at least not a legitimate conversation, until you have spoken with the man who is... Well, we will just call him the Mushroom Czar of West Virginia, since that seems to be a term we're using for those who are in the know. Uh, the Mushroom Czar of West Virginia, Bill Rudy. We'll take a break, and when we come back, we'll ask him about what kind of a year it's been for mushrooms, not only morels, but everything. You know, that'll be coming up right after this. Worried about paying for college? Metro News is proud to present the West Virginia Scholar Program, where one high school junior in West Virginia will win a full scholarship to West Virginia Wesleyan, including room, board, tuition, and fees. For details, go to wvmetronews.com and click the Apply Now button. Deadline has been extended till June 1st. The 2020 West Virginia Scholar Program, presented by West Virginia Hospital Association and Friends of Cole. Go to wvmetronews.com to apply today. Deadline is June 1st. In West Virginia, wildlife is for everyone, and the West Virginia DNR works to keep it that way. Every year, West Virginia's Division of Natural Resources manages thousands of acres of public land and water, ensuring the future of our great natural resources in the Mountain State. Our state is a haven for all species of wildlife, game and non-game, and draws thousands each year to enjoy our rich outdoor heritage. When you buy a hunting or fishing license or take a stroll in our forest to view wildlife, you're enjoying what the DNR has made possible. The West Virginia DNR, working to ensure wildlife is for everyone. You're listening to West Virginia Outdoors presented by the Hatfield McCoy Trails on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. Harvey and Tom Payton love fly fishing. They know that selecting the right fly can be an enjoyable challenge. Picking the right lawyer when you've suffered an injury isn't nearly as much fun, but can be just as challenging. If you need help navigating the legal system to get the outcome you deserve, call the Payton Law Firm. Bring your problems to the Peyton Law Firm online at PeytonLawFirm.com or call 755-5556. You have their word. They'll return your call. This is a commercial announcement. Picture this scenario. A shortage of fuel has closed your electric utility, or any possible disaster has just devastated your town. You're out of power, no lights, and no news. That's why federal and state agencies urge every home to have an emergency radio. Now you can get a free Dynamo World Band emergency radio. This powerful radio lets you stay informed during any type of emergency. It doesn't even need batteries and comes with a hand-crank generator and super bright LED flashlight. The Dynamo emergency radio includes the NOAA weather band, a long-range AM receiver, a high-sensitivity FM band, and even a USB jack to charge cell phones or other devices. The Dynamo emergency weather band radio retails for almost $30. But Newsmax wants to make sure you get this radio. So check out the free offer for the emergency radio by going to gettheradio.com. That's gettheradio.com or call 800-NEWSMAX. This radio could save your life. This is a limited offer and may end soon, so order today. My name is Hunter Hayes. I know myself and I know my buzzed warning signs. One shot is about knowing my limits or not necessarily knowing my limits. I start with one shot. 
to have a good time. One of the signs that I'm starting to feel a little buzz is when I start solving not only my own problems, but the entire world's problems. When I know I'm going out, I know I'm going to start with calling for a ride. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Spring training to the Hot Stove League can be found here. Your year-round source for Reds baseball is 104.5, 96.5, and 580 WCHS. Going fishing all of the time. Baby going fishing too. That's your life, your sweet wife. Catch more fish than you. Many fish bites if you got good bait. Here's a little tip that I would like to relate. And welcome back to West Virginia Outdoors. Hopefully, you'll we'll all get to go fishing soon because the water has just been a mess, and it's been hard to, to find fishable water. But hopefully, that will change very soon. I just uh, went up and grabbed another cup of coffee and looked out the window, and at least here in Charleston, it's a pretty day. So. We've been looking for some sunshine, and we got it today, looks like. Uh, you can't have a conversation about mushrooms in West Virginia unless you get to the man who wrote the book on mushrooms in West Virginia, literally, and that's Bill Rudy, who joins us on the show this morning. Bill, how are you, buddy? Hey, good morning, Chris. I'm doing great. I, I, uh, a moment ago, I said I'm, I'm just going to refer to you, since this is a term we seem to be using a lot. You are the mushroom czar of West Virginia. Okay, you say so. <laughs> how long and how long have you been, you know, studying mushrooms? And how in the world did that become like the thing that you were that you focused on during your career as a a professor and a and I, I guess a is it a biologist? Is that what you are? Uh, well, yes, I'm I'm retired now, but I'm a retired biologist from the DNR. Yeah. So uh, I started out. Uh, uh, studying fungi, and now well, I don't know, 1972, a long time ago. <laughs> and I'm, I've been with this game for, for for a good period of time. What was it about about fungi that just drew your interest? I mean, I can see when a guy gets excited about you know studying bass or muskies or or white-tailed deer, but I, I've never known fungi. Never really jumped out at me as one that's like I'm going to get passionate about this. Well, uh, I, I've always had this, uh, a deep uh, interest in nature of all kinds. And, uh, you know, I used to look at everything that was out there. And then eventually I got around to start looking at mushrooms and started studying them, learning about them, about their ecology and their biology. And they just became more and more fascinating the more I got into it to the point where I started letting all my other uh, interests to this to the side, and uh, mushrooms became kind of the passion for me. Yeah, you, you literally, when I say you wrote the book, you wrote the book, Mushrooms of West Virginia and the Central Appalachians. I, was that was 2003 when that was published? Uh, yeah, I think that's right. That's, yeah. I'm looking at it here on Amazon, and you can still buy it. I mean, it, if people want it, it's still out there. So it's still in print. Yeah, <laughs> you'll get you'll get excited about this. the uh, The site I'm looking at here says the hardcover is uh, nine hundred eighty nine dollars. So, oh well, if <laughs> <laughs> you can find somebody to buy that, I'll you know I'll sell them a, a bridge somewhere. I'm, I'm sure you've got a whole crate of them you'll sell for that price. <laughs> uh, I wish I did have some, but I don't really. I'm 
I'm down to my last couple of copies. Oh my, oh my! But it, it is an informative book, and you and I know you spent a lot of time writing in there. And I think the the one thing that jumps out at me is how many different varieties of mushrooms we have in this part of the country, and how how many of us just walk by them and probably don't even pay that much attention and notice the intricacies of them. Yeah, that's a common uh, a common story. Uh, you don't notice them until you until you uh, become aware, and as soon as you become aware, they're all over the place. It's it's like when you buy a, a car, all of a sudden you'll find many other cars on the road that are the same as yours that you never saw before. Right. Uh, just you just get in tune with them, and then uh, then you realize that uh, you know the woods are everywhere. There's mushrooms. You know, they serve such a role in nature that uh, they're always there, except they only fruit at certain periods of time, like not in uh, freezing weather in the winter. You don't you don't find mushrooms unless there's a, a period of a thaw or you're, you know, further south in the country where they fruit all year. We talked uh, earlier to, to a fellow who uh, was out turkey hunting with his family, and they discovered some morels. And one of those morels, you can actually see a picture of it on our website. It was the size of a gallon milk jug. He had, he literally took a picture of it beside a gallon milk jug and it was the same size, which is incredible. But other people are starting to respond to that too. And I'm getting pictures of, of just amazing hauls of morels and sizes of morels. I, I, we've kind of attributed it to a wet spring and a mild winter. Is that uh, are, are we? You're the guy who would know. Is that why we're seeing such a good year? That's pretty much sums it up. I think you're right on target with that. That's a, the mushrooms in general are you know like ninety percent water. They need water, and then uh, at, at this time of year, you, know, you have to have the warming temperatures of spring uh, that causes them to, to activate and become. Uh, well, we we use the term fruiting, and uh, that's when they start appearing. So, uh, morels in general have a very short window of uh, of fruiting. We'll say early early April through about mid May, and then you know it's pretty much done after that for the year. It's been a little bit longer this year because Sean was telling us the guy I had on earlier that he was finding them. Uh, back in mid to late March, which was probably, he, he thought they got about a month head start. And, uh, it, is that been your experience with them? Uh, that is pretty unusual to get them that early. That, but, you know, we are dealing with slightly different, uh, temperatures now. I don't know if this is climate change associated or just, uh, some cycle of nature. But uh, this year, they are fruiting early this year. Mm-hmm. Late March would be very unusual. What when you look at a morel? Because that's probably the one mushroom that everybody can that you know those of us who are just casual observers, all of us can identify the morel. But and and they go by a lot of names. I've heard them called haystacks. I've heard them called dryland fish. I've, you know things along those lines. But they they are just tall and have those gills, and those gills are where they release the spores that spread them around, right? Yeah, but they're, they're, not, they're not gills like uh, like on a, uh, think of a store-bought button mushroom. Underneath of it, it has these radiating plates. Those right. gills, where on a, a morel, uh, they have these, uh, uh, a stalk and then a head that contains uh, a series of 
and uh, inside each one of those little concave pits is where the spores are formed. I knew you would be able to describe it much better than me. (laughs) Pits and ridges, you know. Pits and ridges. Yeah, pits and ridges. What's the biggest one you've ever found? Well, I've found them up to, you know, maybe 10 inches tall, and that's normally you find the big ones like that late in the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and right about now, people are getting them. And I, I've seen them, as you probably have too, uh, photos on the, on the Internet. Uh, there was a, a girl, a young girl, five-year-old girl in Upshur County that had one that was 11 inches tall. That's that's who we just had on the show. Yeah, yeah. That, that her dad's the one that was just on the show before you came on and was talking about that particular one. That's the one that I said was big as her head. Uh, I missed I missed the report on that, but uh, <laughs> I've seen the photos. Yeah. Um, with regard to morels, how do people generally, I mean, I guess everybody just fries them, but are there any other ways to eat them that you know of? Uh, well, you can freeze them if you cook them first. You know, like you would fry them up in butter, oil, whatever your uh, lubricant might be, and then you freeze them after you cook them. But most people drive the surplus if they're lucky enough to have one. Mm-hmm. They they dry it, you say? They dry them very, yeah. You know, they dry very easily. Uh, the bigger ones, you know, you need to kind of slice them in half, you know, lengthwise maybe, and uh, lay them out on screens. They'll actually dry just in the sun. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I use is a, a, a food dryer, a regular, you know, commercial kind of food dryer. Like a dehydrator? Pardon me? Like a dehydrator? Yeah, dehydrator. Okay, all right. And then you just you can freeze them and then use them all year long if you can get enough of them to to keep. Oh yes, yeah. Uh, the dried ones you just reconstitute them in a little warm water uh, for I don't know fifteen minutes maybe or so, and, and uh, you know then you can uh, go ahead and cook them as if they were fresh. Fantastic. A little more. Pardon me. I said fantastic. Yeah, and uh, many people think the dried ones are more tasty, I, I, that's disputable, but uh, it does tend to concentrate the flavors because when you get rid of all that moisture, it just makes sense that the, the flavors would be more intense. Bill Rudy, our guest this morning on West Virginia Outdoors. Uh, Bill, I know that there are tons of other mushrooms in West Virginia that are, and, and really year-round you can find these if you know what you're looking for. I want to pick your brain about that and other ones that are edible and, and the ones as well that we ought to stay away from. So hang on, i got to take another break, but when we come back we'll continue the conversation this morning about mushrooming with uh, Bill Rudy uh, right after this. Does spring fever have you feeling under the weather? Sick and tired of winter blues? Escape to the birthplace of rivers, Pocahontas County, West Virginia. With eight different headwaters, there are endless fishing spots to set and cast your line. Come fly fish on the Cranberry and Williams. Or let your kids cast a line along the Greenbrier. Our rivers range from white cap to lazy flowing waters. So get your waders, reels, and lines. It's time to find your spring fishing retreats here in nature's mountain playground. Pocahontas County, West Virginia. 
The West Virginia Scholar Program is extending its application time to June 1st. If you have a child who's a junior in high school in West Virginia, please listen up. Metro News is giving away a full scholarship to West Virginia Wesleyan College, including room, board, tuition, and fees. The West Virginia Scholar Program is presented by ZMM Architects and Engineers. West Virginia Farm Bureau. Deadline is now June 1st. For details, go to wvmetronews.com to apply. That's wvmetronews.com. Again, application deadline is June 1st. Hey, why is the 2020 census so important? Well, it determines how many seats West Virginia has in the U.S. House of Representatives. That's a representation that matters to you and your community. You matter as well. Be counted. Respond today at 2020census.gov. You're listening to West Virginia Outdoors, presented by the Hatfield-McCoy Trails on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. This is a commercial announcement. Picture this scenario. A shortage of fuel has closed your electric utility, or any possible disaster has just devastated your town. You're out of power, no lights, and no news. That's why federal and state agencies urge every home to have an emergency radio. Now you can get a free Dynamo World Band emergency radio. This powerful radio lets you stay informed during any type of emergency. It doesn't even need batteries and comes with a hand-crank generator and super bright LED flashlight. The Dynamo emergency radio includes the NOAA weather band, a long-range AM receiver, a high-sensitivity FM band, and even a USB jack to charge cell phones or other devices. The Dynamo emergency weather band radio Radio retails for almost $30. But Newsmax wants to make sure you get this radio. So check out the free offer for the emergency radio by going to gettheradio.com. That's gettheradio.com or call 800 Newsmax. This radio could save your life. This is a limited offer and may end soon, so order today. This time next week, I'll be sick in bed with West Nile virus. Thanks to a mosquito bite right in front of my house. In eight minutes, my daughter will be in an ambulance having an asthma attack, triggered by cockroaches. I'm going to be bitten by a tick today. I won't even know it until Lyme disease turns my life upside down. Learn how to protect your family at PestWorld.org. A public service message from the National Pest Management Association and the CDC. An important message from Medicare. Managing two or more chronic conditions, like high blood pressure or diabetes, can be overwhelming. But with chronic care management services, you can get the connected care you need. Your doctor can help create a care plan and connect the dots between your appointments so you can spend more time doing what you love. If you have Medicare, ask your doctor about chronic care management services. Visit Medicare.gov and search for chronic care management. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. West Virginia Outdoors brought to you locally by Rodney Loftus & Son Contracting. West Virginia's demolition experts. Leaves are turning, there's a chill in the air. We're back on West Virginia Outdoors. Our guest this morning, Bill Rudy, who is the author of The Mushrooms of West Virginia and Central Appalachia. And we've talked extensively this morning about morels, but Bill, there are uh, hundreds of other mushrooms out there in the woods of West Virginia and Central Appalachia that people probably overlook. What other one is probably the morel? Obviously, is probably the most popular. But after that one, what's another one that a lot of people would would want to collect and uh, and, and use as table fare? Well, uh, as you say, there are dozens and dozens of really good edible mushrooms out there, but. Uh, you have to put a little study into them, to, you know, to be able to uh, collect that many varieties. However, 
there are a few, and, and, and many of these are known to uh, mushroom hunters here in West Virginia. The most common one that I can think of offhand that is uh, quite well known is called the chicken of the woods, mm-hmm. and it is an, uh, a shelf fungus. It grows on uh, standing trees, or uh, there's a variety that grows at the base of a cut stump, and they're very brightly colored orange and they have a yellow on the undersurface of these layers, shelf-like layers. Um, it's really easy to identify. You're not going to mistake it with anything that's going to get you in trouble. And they're so bright, and they get to be large as far as, uh, you know, a, a group of them on a, on a tree or on a stump will, uh, uh, oh, I don't know, it might be five pounds or Ten pounds, even, and you can spot them even as you're driving down the road. Sometimes you're looking up in the woods, and there's this bright orange uh, fungus that you maybe don't know what it is until you go take a look at it. But it's real conspicuous, and it's real good, and it's real easy to identify. So that's that's one that uh, someone who's starting to study mushrooms and for collecting to eat. That's one they might want to concentrate on. And, how do you remove that one? Because I'm looking at some pictures of them on the internet here, and like, like people are holding them. They come off in one big piece. Are you do you do you just break them off, or do you need to be careful how you cut them off? Or, and do they come off as one big piece, or are they uh, are each of those layers something different? No, uh, they're all integrated in, into those multiple shelves, and you you slice them off. You just slice them off, uh, and and when they're young and fresh, you can slice off right down to the tree bark. But as they age, uh, they get more fibrous from the center towards the margin. So then you only trim the tender parts of it. That which easily cuts with a knife uh, will come off quite quite well, and they'll still be in a good edible stage. The, uh, the, the older parts of it, you just don't bother with those. Is that do you prepare them just like you did the morale? Do you just dry them and then freeze them and then re you know reconstitution or reconstitute uh, them later? Yeah, they don't they don't dry as well as morels, but they 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 lend quite well to freezing if you uh, uh, saute them, fry them up, and uh, and then freeze them in you know serving size little packages mm-hmm. they don't uh, they, they don't look like mushrooms i mean they look like some you know just uh they, they grow on the tree not the ground so right you're right they're, they're they're different than most people's concept of a mushroom you know which is sort of a, an umbrella little shaped thing yeah uh that grows on the ground or on decaying wood but no these are these are flat flattish layered um and, and groups of layers that grow on trees. They're, you see them one time, and you'll have it. You, you know, they're not hard at all to recognize. Yeah, somebody just sent me a picture of one he had found this year, and it literally is probably about three or four feet high on the tree. <laughs> that's, that's not unusual. Yeah, yeah. We're we. I had I meant to ask you about this. What trees does it does it matter the. Um, the, the tree that you look under, I mean, some people have been telling me as I've gotten more into this that with the morels, you'll find them under uh, ash or sycamore uh, more commonly than anywhere, or an elm more commonly than anywhere else. I mean, are there certain trees that produce certain mushrooms? Uh, yes, there, there, there definitely are. Some of them are really uh, uh, only growing with uh, one host, 
and the other ones may, and morels are, are like this. They, they can grow in many, many places, but there are preferred habitats, preferred situations where you're more likely to find them than, than just randomly out in the woods. And uh, you mentioned the elm trees, the ones, the elm trees that have, are dying off from the Dutch elm disease as they die, and the bark starts to slough off in these sheets. That's the stage that you look for, and that's where you'll find sometimes a gold mine of, of morels under one tree. Wow. But, yeah, that's really nice when you, when you come across that situation. Uh, but more typically, uh, you might find them under or in tulip poplar woods. That's a good good spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, you already mentioned ash trees, and uh, uh, I do find uh, the early black morels under ash trees. Those are smaller than the than the uh, than the haystacks that uh, you, you've been uh, we've been discussing. Uh, but they're they're just as good. But then they come out a little bit earlier, and those are almost seems to me, are almost exclusively under ash trees. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, I, I know that a lot of people are hesitant to get into this because we have been taught for so long and we have been conditioned to worry uh, that some of these will make you sick. They're, they, they are poisonous. Uh, what? How do you tell the ones that you ought to stay away from? I, I, like you said, it takes some study, but you better be careful. Uh, yes, but, uh, you know, it, we, we tend to over, overdo that, the fear factor with mushrooms. In, 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 in reality, there's only a handful of mushrooms that are dangerously poisonous. Um, and if you're going to study mushrooms, those should be the first ones that you, you learn. So you can avoid those. The, the vast majority of the mushrooms you see are at least they're non-poisonous. Mm-hmm. They're not all good, they're not all tasty, but they're non-poisonous. But uh, there are a, a couple of them in West Virginia that are dangerously poisonous that have caused fatalities. That um, uh, One of them, the most common one that people have a trouble with, is uh, the death angel or destroying angel. And it's a, it's a, it's a white mushroom that grows on the ground, and uh, it's associated with trees, so you'll find it in, uh, in the woods commonly or in open areas under isolated trees, uh, sometimes growing in, in rings. So uh, that, that, that's the one you should really learn, maybe the first mushroom you should learn, is the destroying angel or death angel. Gotcha. Bill Rudy is our guest this morning. we got to take our uh, final break of the morning. Bill, we'll wrap up this conversation in a moment. Uh, while uh, wh- while you're uh, sitting in the break there, think of some more that you believe that we ought to know about and uh, and tell us a little about them when we wrap up the show in a moment, okay? All right. All right. Bill Rudy, our guest, will be back in a moment right after this. Worried about paying for college? Metro News is proud to present the West Virginia Scholar Program, where one high school junior in West Virginia will win a full scholarship to West Virginia Wesleyan, including room, board, tuition, and fees. For details, go to wvmetronews.com and click the Apply Now button. Deadline has been extended till June 1st. The 2020 West Virginia Scholar Program, presented by West Virginia Hospital Association and Friends of Cole. Go to wvmetronews.com to apply today. Deadline is June 1st. 
Does spring fever have you feeling under the weather? Sick and tired of winter blues? Escape to the birthplace of Rivers, Pocahontas County, West Virginia. With eight different headwaters located in Pocahontas County, there are endless fishing spots to sit and cast your line. From fly fishing the Cranberry and Williams to letting the kids cast a line along the Greenbrier, our rivers range from whitecap streams to lazy flowing waters. So get out those waders, reels, and lines. It's time to find your spring fishing retreat here in nature's mountain playground. Pocahontas County, West Virginia. You're listening to West Virginia Outdoors, presented by the Hatfield-McCoy Trails on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. The West Virginia Scholar Program is extending its application time to June 1st. If you have a child who's a junior in high school in West Virginia, please listen up. Metro News is giving away a full scholarship to West Virginia Wesleyan College, including room, board, tuition, and fees. The West Virginia Scholar Program is presented by ZMM Architects and Engineers. West Virginia Farm Bureau. Deadline is now June 1st. For details, go to wvmetronews.com to apply. That's wvmetronews.com. Again, application deadline is June 1st. June 1st. When you've been fishing long enough, you know how to work an eddy, make a pinpoint cast, and read the water to know where the fish are. But in the courtroom, you're going to need a guide. You need someone with the experience, common sense, passion, and good judgment to handle your case on a personal basis and work hard to get you the result you deserve. If you've suffered an injury of any kind and want advice on whether you need a lawyer, call the Peyton Law Firm, 755-5556, or online at PeytonLawFirm.com. With the current outbreak of coronavirus changing daily, we here at Garib Dental Group want to update our patients and the community as to what we are doing to assist in this time of uncertainty. In order to comply with both state and national guidance, we are limiting our treatment to dental emergencies only. This will help keep dental patients out of the hospital so our medical colleagues can use their valuable time and resources on patients affected by COVID-19. We wish everyone health and well-being and look forward to welcoming you to our offices very soon. Visit us at GaribDentalGroup.com or follow us on Facebook for the latest updates. Traveling today isn't as simple as it used to be. Take notes, Saturday afternoons at 1 with Rudy Max's World with the Carries. This contemporary and fast-paced travel advice show will provide you with the tips and tricks to travel like a pro. Prepare yourself with America's top travel radio show for relevant travel news and straightforward trip planning advice. America's number one travel radio show, Rudy Max's World, Saturday afternoons at 1 on The Voice of Charleston. 104.5, 96.5, and 580 WCHS. West Virginia Outdoors with Chris Lawrence, Saturday at 7 a.m. and Sunday at 5 p.m. Presented by the Peyton Law Firm, Harvey and Tom, protecting your rights online at PeytonLawFirm.com. West Virginia roads, schools, health care, and emergency response all depend on federal funding, and federal funding is allocated based on the 2020 census results, so your response matters. Respond today at 2020census.gov. A few minutes left to go with Bill Rudy on West Virginia Outdoors. He is the man who wrote the book on uh, mushrooms in West Virginia and Central Appalachia. I had a, a apparently somebody on Twitter thought I was talking about some other kind of mushroom. Bill, we're not talking about those kind of mushrooms. We're talking about literal mushrooms in the woods that you can uh, collect and eat and live off the land. Bill, are you with me? Oh, there you are. <laughs> Kind of losing you here, Chris. Oh, okay. Well, we've got about five minutes left. Uh, we've got about five minutes left in the show. I hope we can hang on to you for that much longer. No, you're back coming in good now. No, okay. What uh, What can we look for? It, what, what before I, the show is over? What are you? What are the highlights you want people to know about uh, certain mushrooms in the state that they ought to know? 
Well, uh, there's just so many, but let me let me just briefly talk about something that might be out now. This is the the springtime is kind of the lean season for the variety of mushrooms. There are only a few things that are out there at the moment. Uh, later on in summer, starting in about mid June, you get into the summer mushroom season, and then the fall. And this is the real bulk of when you find most mushrooms. But right now, you could find oyster mushrooms. Uh, this is a mushroom that's uh, uh, cultivated. You find it in the wild, but now they have cultivated varieties. You can even find them in the grocery stores. But you uh, you can collect them yourself. They grow on decaying wood, and they are uh, they grow a little bit like uh, like the chicken of the woods in in, in shelves. But uh, on the underside of the oyster mushrooms, they do have gills, and they're kind of uh, at this time of year, the cold weather variety, sort of brown to grayish brown, and uh, they grow in pretty good size clusters. And uh, once again, the younger ones are tender all the way through, and they as they grow, they develop a little bit more of a fibrous quality. So you just uh, you know, you maybe cut out the tender part where it's attached, or the not tender part where it's attached. And uh, that's a really good mushroom. It's pretty easy to identify, but there are, you know, others, you could confuse it with a few other mushrooms. Um, nothing probably that's going to get you in trouble, mm-hmm. but it's out now in pretty good quantities. Uh, my wife and I collected some yesterday, as a matter of fact, and they were just in pristine perfect condition wow I, I know every time i see those when i'm hunting i'll see them on the well you know of course when i'm hunting it's it's fall early winter something like that it they'll they'll be there and they'll be like a shelf on a tree but they'll break off and they'll be like a piece of styrofoam you know i, I guess at that point they've gone past any potential harvest uh well yeah um yeah i guess you just kind of use common sense about you know what's <laughs> what's tender enough to be sure. considered a food item. Yeah, exactly. And uh, the, your book actually has the picture of, of a golden mushroom of some kind. What is that cover picture, and, and are those common around here? Uh, uh, yeah, that's the jack-o'-lantern mushroom. That's that's a very interesting fungus. It's, it's one of the few poisonous mushrooms, though not deadly poisonous. But anyway, it's a beautiful mushroom that fruits uh, usually with uh, oaks at the base of oaks and the base of trees. And what makes it especially interesting is when it's fresh, it actually will glow in the dark. It's a luminescent mushroom. So uh, if you find that one, and you, it's just a good thing to do with the kids or whatever. You, you can take those mushrooms and uh, go into, say, a closet or someplace where there's no light, just give it a couple minutes for your eyes to adjust and turn it over and you'll see that this is glowing in the dark wow that's a that's a neat thing all right bill uh the music means that we're out of time this morning but man it's always fascinating to have you on because i always learn something and i think the audience does too so thanks for all you do and thanks for your time we'll have you back again real soon all righty chris really nice to talk to you we'll see you buddy there he is longtime friend of the show bill rudy You can get his uh, book, get yourself up to speed, and you can collect mushrooms in the wild of West Virginia, too. Know which ones to get and which ones not to get. Thanks to him. Thanks to Sean Butler. 
And thanks to Ryan Nichols, our producer, over on the other side of the glass. Y'all have a great week, everybody. We'll talk to you in the West Virginia Outdoors. 580 WCHSAM, 96.5 FM, Charleston, and 104.5 Cross Lanes. A West Virginia Radio Corporation station. It's 8 o'clock. From ABC News. I'm Brian Clark. The FDA Friday authorized the emergency use of remdesivir as a potential...